It's time for the percolator. 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 You are listening to the Morning Perks podcast with me, your host, Bill Clements. Join us as we hear from some of the industry's biggest management and supplier leaders with insights into trends, best practices, and how to get the most out of your GCAA membership. Welcome to Morning Perks. Let's go. Disasters never clock out, neither does Belfour. Belfour Property Restoration is the North American leader in integrated disaster recovery and property restoration services. With more than 100 full-service offices in the U.S., they are geographically positioned to respond to almost any disaster, large or small, coast to coast. A proven track record of superior response and unmatched resources has made Belfour the contractor of choice for damages caused by fire, water, wind, or other catastrophes. You can reach the Belfour Charlotte office at 704-423-0444. Belfour Charlotte office, 704-423-0444. Just a quick reminder, we have a substantial library of episodes with some of the industry's brightest and best. Simply go to greatercaa.org and from the home screen, scroll over to member resources. The Morning Perks tab is on the drop-down menu, and once there, you can check out these great episodes. You can also find them on your favorite platforms, such as iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Morning Perks podcast for the GCAA. I'm your host, Bill Clements. This is the first episode of the new season. It's fall 2023, and guess what? Ellie Norton with Pegasus Residential is our guest today on the podcast. Ellie. Good morning. Good morning. And well, gosh, what a great opportunity to be the first one of the new season, right? This is fantastic. Yes. Superstar on the call. This is great for us. It's fall. How do you like the weather? I love the weather. I am definitely a fall kind of girl. It's one of my favorite things about living in the Carolinas. I, I grew up in Florida. And although I miss the ocean, I have zero desire to move back because there's just nothing like the season changes that you experience in the Carolinas. It's just enough without being trapped in your home with snow. That's but right. Christmas feels like Christmas and just the leaves changing and the air. It's just a really great time. Well, we didn't talk about this in the pre-call, but you know, every time I see you, I talk about this with you and you don't want to talk about it, but I, I'm going to surprise you here and ask you since it's fall. You were a multiple Iron Man participant, which I think it should be called Iron Woman in this case, but it is Iron Man, right? For men or women. Correct. So you finished multiple Iron Mans. What season of the year were they? All seasons. And like you said, I, I feel like I can't talk about it anymore because I haven't <laughs> run five miles in probably like two years. And it, yeah, it, yeah let me, like let me. Let me stop you real quick because we do this every time we have this conversation. Once an Iron Man, once you complete that thing, you get to use that. It doesn't matter if you become a couch machine for a decade, you could still say, I finished an Iron Man because you had to train for it. And because so few people on the planet as a percentage have done that, you get bragging rights for that until you're dead. Well, I appreciate that. I am I am oftentimes glad though that I didn't take that 
commitment or step that a lot of Ironmen do and tattoo the logo on myself. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, right now, just not walking in my path of being an Ironman, but that's okay, right? Like that's the beautiful thing about seasons and there's always time to change. And so I'm enjoying this path. I enjoyed that season very much, but I'm enjoying this season of my life too. And so to answer your first question, I did them in all seasons. And I will tell you probably the hardest race I ever did was not an Ironman, but it quite frankly was my more challenging than an Ironman. It was Escape from Alcatraz in San Francisco. And it, it, it backed right up to NAA, which was just an awesome experience because I had so many industry friends there cheering me on. But that race, I wasn't prepared for the cold water. Like sometimes yeah. you, you don't really know what to expect until you are actually in it. But I figured it out and I muscled through and I found my way. And I think that that is kind of parallel right now to our industry and leadership. You know, things are changing so much right now and you can't a hundred percent prepare for it. You might just have to jump in the cold water, move quickly and have the faith that you're going to warm back up. So Although my, my Ironman and training years have been many years um, in the past, I do look fondly upon them and, and the many lessons that they taught me in that experience. So let's talk about that because you, you know, you so cleverly want to pull me away from Ironman chat and get into leadership and you're very good at leadership. And I, want, I do want to talk to you about that in detail. Let's start here. So do you think it's true that successful leadership, successful execution of leadership has changed over the last 10 years? So much. I, I see it more so now. And honestly, even the last three years of my career than I saw it in the first 23 years. I mean, gosh, I've been doing this for 26 years, a really long time. And I, as a leader, have had to morph and adjust and flex and change and grow to truly be the best example and guide and coach I can be for the the people that I have the opportunity to lead. You know, I was very fortunate. I was a property manager for the first time at 19 and I was all full of big fat ego and pride and just, you know, thought it was my way or the highway you know, some of those mistakes that we see a lot of young leaders make. Right. And when I think about who that leader is versus who the leader I am today, it is so different. And I, I think about it, not even for our teams, but our awesome supplier friends like ourselves. Like we are in an environment right now where you really do have to slow down, have empathy, try to understand the why the business still has to move forward and it doesn't change that requirement. But I think we have to do a lot more of finding empathy and building trust and knowing that it's not going to be perfect. But when you are aligned with the right people, you can get through anything. And that's where I think leadership is changing. The days of leading tactically or do or die or dictatorship, that does not work. It's not going to work with this next generation. You've got to find a way to create connections 
and build trust. That is a paramount for me. It all starts with trust and it finishes with trust to be a successful and great leader today, in my opinion. You know, and it's interesting because there's two ways to look at it. Partly in your path, it is easier for you to be a leader the longer you've been a leader. So now you've you've experienced leadership and you've been in that role for quite some time. So on one level, it is easier for you to step into leadership than it was 10 years ago. But the way you execute on it is, as you say, drastically different. So someone becoming a leader now, they could not have done it that way then, the way they have to do it now. But the way you get to successful leadership now I think you're right, is very much different than it was 10 years ago. And I think that that's really important for my generation of folks that have been doing this a really long time. I'm I'm very fortunate to be aligned with a lot of really great leaders. And we have these conversations and we talk about how we are morphing and we are changing and we ourselves as leader are the consummate student. We're constantly learning. And I think that that's why we continue to be successful and you know we continue to be able to form these very loyal teams that aren't just loyal but they are performers but i see the flip side i see leadership that is stuck in their ways that this is the way that they have always managed this is the way that they have always led and they have not figured out that secret sauce yet that they will get so much more if they flex and they change. I I think those leaders are going to really struggle, especially in this climate as we move forward, not only with it getting a little bit more challenging, a lot a little bit more challenging in our space until likely 2026, but also this next generation of our workforce. If, if you cannot flex and you cannot be self-aware or self-reflective, I think it's going to be really difficult for those leaders to be successful. I think it's so true. It is a moment for a cautionary tale, though, when you're talking to people who are listening to this podcast who are, you know, maybe younger, regardless, they're being led by other people. So, you know, we talk about the people that are part of the leadership that you're leading. This workforce, they will be the leaders in five and 10 years. It would do them well to pay attention to the needs that they have and the individualization that they crave and what that's going to look like to try to modify that behavior and use it to their advantage when they are in the position of leadership down the road. I agree. And not only that, but gosh, there's a high likelihood that uh, one day some of these guys are going to be our boss, right? That's right. That's like, right. I think about some of the awesome leaders in my world, Emily Kirkmeyer, Michelle Kingson, Camille, just you know, some great leaders that I've had the opportunity to work with that are well along in their career. And I think to myself, like, man, what a, what a full circle one day if I'm working for your company. And hopefully they, we got to work together and they learned some great tips. But yeah, there's a high likelihood that some of these guys are eventually going to be our leaders one day too. So all the more reason why it's important to really create a good leader leadership path and experience for them. I don't think it's lost on anyone that I'm a little older and I've been in the workforce a hot minute. And I appreciate the younger generation, the new workforce folks, because I mean, I think progress is crucial to the success of any business. So 
I mean, I enjoy seeing the change. I know things aren't as linear as they once were. And I think we're much better off for it. I agree. And they, they keep me young. They keep me on my toes, you know, leading that, that workforce and understanding what really is their hot buttons, what drives them. It keeps me a better professional because I'm constantly seeking to understand so that I truly can be the best leader. So I think that you got to embrace it and welcome it and look at the, the opportunity that we all have leading this next generation that is in our space today. Hello, GCAA members. This is Kelly, Marketing and Communications Manager at the GCAA office. I wanted to hop on the podcast really quickly to let you know that 2024 sponsorship opportunities have been made live on our website. If you're on the homepage, you can look all the way right and you'll find member resources. Use that drop-down menu. Third down, you'll find annual sponsorships and expand your brand. Under annual sponsorships, you can navigate and see if executive corporate or supporting is the best fit for your company moving into next year, and some a la carte digital options under the expand your brand part of the menu. Before we hop into 2024, we just wanted to give a big thank you to all the companies who made themselves more visible this year with us. Drucker and Falk, Full House Marketing, The Liberty Group, Belfour Property Restoration, Brownlee, Whitlow & Prate, Chadwell Supply, Elite Property Services, Loeb, Sack & Brownlee, Night Owl Contractors, Ready Carpet, Rent Ready, Restore Pro Reconstruction, RKW Residential, Sherwin-Williams, Spangler Restoration, Spectrum Community Solutions, Valley Living, Mullis Construction Group, Environmental Diversified Services, and Glass Doctor. We would love to have your name on the list for 2024. Reach out if you have any questions. Well, you mentioned a name. You mentioned Michelle Kingson. Michelle is a senior property manager for Pegasus. You referred to her as Queen, which I think is fantastic. The surprise for the uh, for the listeners is that Michelle is on the call. Michelle. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you here. What do you so what, what's your thoughts on Ellie and her leadership style? I absolutely love Ellie and her leadership style. You know, um, from day one when she became our vice president. It immediately, you could feel the shift, not just at the PM level, but it emanated throughout my entire team, you know, all the way down to the sales experts and groundskeeper. She's so great about making those connections and making every single person on the team feel supported and like they could go to someone, you know, exponentially higher than them and they still feel valued by someone. And I think that's so rare in our industry to feel that connection with such high level executives in a company. And she just excels beyond at that. I love that. And I know that you two are close. I think that's a fantastic statement about her. Um, But that's not why I have you on the call. We have things to talk about. Are you ready? I'm ready. So let me paint a picture for the listeners. It's June. We're in Atlanta, Georgia at Apartmentalize. And there's 4 billion people, it seems like, that came to Apartmentalize. You, you know, the entire apartment industry, it felt like we're there. And on the trade show floor, on the final day, Apartments.com is doing their thing. And Jeff Goldblum is doing his thing, you know, in their booth. And there's a buzz and there's people everywhere. And Apartments.com is going to be giving away $100,000. Now, let me just stop for a moment. That's the correct amount of money, isn't it? That is correct. Apartments.com is about to give away $100,000 to somebody at the trade show on the floor. 
and you're there, you're on the trade show floor, and it is announced that you just won $100,000. I mean, how did that feel? Honestly, it was surreal. Um, I I still think back and I'm like, did that really happen? Or was that a dream? I don't think I've completely wrapped my head around it yet still to this day. You know, I was standing there. There were a lot. There, were, I mean, I was in the crowd. There were a lot of people at that point kind of pushing into the booth. There was a crowd. There was a big crowd. And I mean, everybody was hopeful it was going to be them. You know, it's just it. First of all, that's a, that's a fantastic amount of money. It's a fantastic prize to be awarded to win. Uh, but there's there's got to be some level of adrenaline rush when you've got that kind of buildup and a celebrity that's involved in it. There's all of those people in broad daylight in a packed you know room. I, I would say thousands of people were kind of in that area, and then you're picked. That's got to be surreal. It's got to it's got to be an adrenaline jump. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was kind of crazy leading up to it. Myself and Emily Kirschmeyer and Eliza King had actually been given tickets from Ellie for a VIP meet and greet with Jeff Goldblum prior to them announcing that. So I really was like, oh, this is the highlight of my day. I got to meet Jeff Goldblum. We took a picture with him. This is awesome. And at that point, I was like, all right, we can leave. <laughs> uh, but they were like, well, no, we've got to wait in here. You have to be present if you win. And I think I kind of like brushed it off. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so what do you? What was your first coherent? Because I'm sure you had 11 incoherent thoughts when they called your name. But once you had a couple of minutes, what was your first coherent thought about I won? Like, what was the first thing that you thought about? Uh, my daughter. I, I just had my daughter. She was born January 13th. So I had kind of just been back from maternity leave in March and was getting back into the swing of things before we went to NAA. So winning that, I was like, wow, I can really establish a good future for her and put some money aside, which has been something that, you know, I was on the precipice of, okay, how are we going to figure all of this out and prepare for her future so we yeah. can grow those future leaders, even, you know, at home, not just professionally. And so winning that amount gave me a little head start in preparing for her. Because, I mean, it is tempting. It is tempting to um, go to the car dealership, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's tempting to want to spend money. But I think I've always been one of those people who is a doomsday prepper, like... <laughs> Prepare yeah. for the worst and you can spend a little on yourself down the line if, you know, everything else is taken care of. So I'm not an irresponsible spender. I didn't have the urge to go blow it. <laughs> but the, the the momentary rock star feeling was great, right? I mean, because some of the people were jacked for you. Of course, some of the people were stunned that they didn't win and they just wanted to get out of the building. Uh, I had a lot of women approach me crying and telling me that they cried for me. Um, and that was, I think, really surreal. I, I never had that kind of reaction or seen people just resonate with a mom in this industry like I did after winning that. I got to be honest. It's just much more fun to see, uh, you know, like you and I are regular people. It's just more fun to see a regular person grab the money than the head of a company. I mean, no slight against any heads of any companies that I know. But <laughs> I mean, I feel like we had the right winner on that day. And that's a good thing. 
It was very exciting. And I know I was standing next to Adam Frank, who used to be in our market before he went over to the West Coast. But I remember him looking over at me and saying, man, it's always someone from Texas who wins. Like, it'd be so great to see someone from like the Carolinas win. And that was like five minutes before they announced it. So it was really exciting to bring that back to our region. Can I add on that? Uh, Yes. It was so magical to see such a giving person. Like Michelle shows up for everybody. Like I, I barely get like the text message through. She's like, what do you mean? Her peers, her leaders, her company, her neighbors, her friends. So it was really special to see that happen for her, especially just coming back from maternity leave. And I had to leave right after um, I'd had a speaking session. And I remember they called me. I almost wrecked because I was just shocked. But what was equally special to me in that moment is when they started sending me the pictures, Michelle was up there, not just for herself, but she took her leader, Emily, with her. She took Eliza up there and enjoyed that whole experience with them. And I have never seen that before. And it just really resonates for me on how we are going to get through these next couple of years. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. People that you lock arms with and lean into each other and pull each other when you have to pull each other through those bad days are going to be how we win. And just seeing that with my team and how she shared that special moment with them shows you how locked arm we are and that culture that I've really focused to create within my division. And it it just was so, so special and it couldn't have happened to a better person. Well, and I completely agree with you. I mean, I remember the look on Emily's face and she was lit up. She was genuinely lit up about it. And you could see how happy she was for her teammate. Yep. hundred percent. All right, ladies, I'm going to close out the call today with final thoughts from each of you. I'll start with Michelle. Then I'll go to Ellie for the finish. Final thoughts from you on the state of the industry. Anything that comes to your mind, anything good, bad, hopeful, concerning, just your final thoughts. Michelle? I think circling back to what Ellie talked about at the beginning is, you know, growing those leaders in the lower positions now, because one day they will be a force to be reckoned with within our industry. And something that I was told two years ago at our leadership conference that sticks with me and resonates to this day is give your team permission and your trust. And in turn, they will grow exponentially under you, knowing that you believe in them to be successful. That's fantastic. All right, Ellie, your turn. So I have two thoughts. The first is it's going to be really challenging out there. And you can make a choice to get caught up in the negative that oftentimes comes with challenging times. Or you can make a choice to be a joy and spread optimism and spread positivity. That doesn't mean that you're walking around with you know rainbows and puppy dogs, but it means every day you're finding an opportunity for gratitude and finding those ray of sunshine in this industry because they are still there. This is just a cycle, all things cycle. And I hate to see 
people leaving right now? Because in my opinion, it is still the best industry to work in on the planet. You will never make better relationships or have opportunities to be a marketing genius one minute and a MacGyver fixing something the next minute or developing people and and creating and fostering their futures 10 minutes later. There are not many verticals out there that offer that opportunity. So just be the light, be the positivity that we need in our space right now and don't give up because this this will turn. And I can't wait to see who is here with me when it turns that I'm locked arms with doing big things and having just incredible relationships with together, winning at whatever it is we decide to win at that day. Well, I want to tell you this, and I don't want to make it about me, but I mean, I think you are 100% correct. I was in multifamily for about 15, 16 years, and I stepped out and went to a different industry. It was senior housing, so you would assume that it would be the same as multifamily housing, and it was not. And I realized while I was gone what we have here in multifamily, how it's different. You've got the camaraderie. You've got the opportunity. You've got the different things that you can do that you can excel in. Multifamily is very unique. And it's it's very vital that folks think about that before they step away because this industry has done a lot and it's still got a lot more great things ahead of it. And it produces great people like the two of you. Thank you very much for your time on the call. Ellie, thank you for your words. You know, I, I pay attention to your social media stuff. Thank you for your transparency on social media. I think you're a fantastic mom. You're a fantastic parent. Michelle, I think you're a fantastic parent. Save that money for the baby. It was wonderful having you both on Morning Perks. Thank you so much. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Morning Perks. Our podcast airs every other Wednesday at 7 a.m. Keep up with all things GCAA by following our Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also refer to our website at greatercaa.org for more information regarding registering for upcoming events, sponsorships, and educational opportunities. Thanks for listening and have a fantastic day. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator.